Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Amazing, amazing. Come on, will you give a big clap to the team? Oh, come on, would you clap your hands and appreciate our worship academy singers? And I tell you what, what you've just seen is our total sons and daughters lead us in worship. This is absolutely amazing. And when they sang that line, everything I own to Jesus the King, I tell you, that's a word that has been true right before our very eyes. And over the last 32 years, God has allowed us to come alongside society's most vulnerable women and children. And we have seen him literally transform their lives. And when they stand here and they worship and they sing, it comes from a very personal place. Because they've experienced the goodness of God. I want us to clap our hands and appreciate the Lord for everything he has done to transform their beautiful lives. And I tell you what, we're raising the next generation of Ugandan and African leaders who are going to lead the transformation of cities and nations for his glory. I want to thank everyone that gives sacrificially every month to sponsor Watoto Child. You are raising godly transformational leaders. And I want to call you Watoto Church. Let's continue to dive deep into vision and come alongside our sons and daughters and many more who are out there who need a future filled with hope and we can be that hand of hope from the Lord to them. Shall we appreciate them one more time for leading us, the choir, the worship team. Will you give a big clap to all our volunteer teams here in person, online and on air as well that are making our weekend services happen. Absolutely amazing. Well, we are 22 days away from Christmas Day. Uh, it's a, it's a, such a, there's no time like Christmas. No time like Christmas. It is truly the most wonderful time of the year. And uh, you can already see the lights are beginning to go up in the city. Music is beginning to play. The stage is beginning to change. Does it look amazing? Doesn't it look amazing? Let's clap and appreciate our creative team who are preparing are preparing and every Christmas we get to put on the Christmas cantata, which is a gift to the city of Kampala. It's an opportunity for us to remind the cities and the nations that Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. And an opportunity for you to invite friends and family that are not born again, that are far from God. Bring them to a beautiful production like the cantata. Let them get to hear about Jesus who loves them and came for them. So really looking forward to that. And I want to encourage you to begin to pray and commit the creative team into God's hands. We're trusting that this cantata will have an incredible impact in the lives of so many people. Christmas is a time of celebration. Celebrating the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. Families come together, we eat meals together, we give gifts, we travel to connect with one another. It's absolutely amazing. All around the world, people stop to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It is an absolute highlight, and I know that you're looking forward to it. In my cell family, this Wednesday, we're going to be giving gifts to one another. We've been planning it for the last three months. And I say to my cell family, please... 
Whoever has my gift cannot afford to miss this Wednesday. If you want to make it the most wonderful time of the year, you need to show up and they know exactly what I need. And we've all been planning. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to be giving gifts. We're looking forward to it. Now I know you're looking forward to getting those gifts. And as we come to Christmas, it's also a time of celebration. God has been good. God has been faithful. Amen. And so we gather and we say, look what God has done over the year. We give thanks. But I also recognize that as we come to celebrate the birth of Jesus this Christmas, it possibly has been a difficult year for you and your family. It's been a challenging year. I am full of frustrations, disappointments, plans that haven't been fulfilled, doors that you hoped would open but haven't opened, things haven't worked out as you seemed. Maybe you're coming into Christmas with grief, with pain, maybe with anger. And as we come to Christmas, the excitement about the birth of Jesus is not alive in your heart. Instead, you're walking into Christmas just like any other day. That awe and wonder, the birth of our Savior, is not alive in your heart this Christmas because it is shadowed by so many things that have happened. I want you to know that at the time that Jesus was born, he didn't come to a season of great rejoicing. Yes, angels filled the sky. Glory to God in the highest, they declared, because the Son of God was being born. But Jesus came to a people who were greatly distressed. He came to a nation that was hopeless. He came to a people that had been waiting for 400 years to hear a word from God. They'd been waiting for a Messiah to come and deliver them from Roman rule that had filled their land. They lived under heavy hand of government with heavy taxation. There were so many frustrations. And it is in the middle of all that darkness and depression that Jesus was born. And as we read the Christmas story, in there lies a powerful promise, a powerful truth, a word from God through the angel Gabriel to Mary, a word of encouragement, a promise from God that came to encourage her, that came to strengthen her. And I sense that there are many people here joining us in person or online or on air, and you need encouragement this Christmas. I want you to know that you're going to find encouragement in God's word. And this promise and this encouragement was not just a word for Mary then, it is a word of encouragement from God to you and your family this Christmas. It is our theme text for this season. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. 
I want you to turn to your neighbor to the left and the right right now and just encourage them, tell them from, for no word from God will ever fail. Come on, begin to encourage them right now. Tell them no word from God will ever fail. Online, type it in the comment section. On air, if you're next to somebody, tell them for no word from God will ever fail. Shall we shout it out together? For no word from God will ever fail. And our theme this Christmas bounces right out of that promise. Our theme this Christmas is that you and I serve the unfailing God. Lord, this Christmas we're reminded that you are the unfailing God. I pray that throughout the month of December and this season of Christmas, that that truth will settle deep within our hearts and bring such encouragement and strength. I pray that it will be a word that will lift our hearts, that will call us to faith in you, and that we will live with this assurance that the God that we serve is the unfailing God. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen and amen. For no word from God will ever fail. We serve the unfailing God, amen? And today I want to talk to you about the fact that the unfailing God that we serve, his word will never fail. His word never fails. That encouragement that Mary received, that word from God to strengthen her, is hidden in Luke chapter 1. And I want us to read it from verse 5 to 38. So that we can appreciate the weight of this promise and how beautiful it is. And how wonderful it is. It was wonderful to Mary then, but it is more wonderful today. And I want you to know that you serve an unfailing God whose word never fails. Let's read the story together and appreciate this beautiful promise. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by Lot. In other words, they cast the dice and the Lot fell on him. He was chosen by Lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers 
were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Praise the Lord. And the Bible continues to tell us about how the birth of Jesus was foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary has just received news that she's going to become pregnant. That she's going to carry God's son. And she asks, how is this going to happen? I'm only a virgin. I've never known a man. It was a word that came with great responsibility. And according to the custom and the culture of the day, she would have been stoned to death. Because she's engaged to this young man called Joseph. And before they even married, she falls pregnant. She could have lost her life. It could have spelled the beginning of trouble for Mary. But then the angel Gabriel, to help her trust God, to help her depend on God, tells her of the miracle story of how God's word has been fulfilled in the life of her relative Elizabeth. We read it in verse 36. Gabriel says to Mary, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. He uses Elizabeth's story and how God had turned that situation around to encourage her. To receive this assignment that God had set on her life. And he says to her, for no one from God will ever fail. I want you to know what total church. And I want you to be encouraged in the truth. That we serve an unfailing God. We serve a God that never fails. Amen. And his word never fails. His word has authority. His word has power. His word never fails. I love when God speaks to the nation of Israel. Through the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 11, is a scripture that I love. It hangs in my office. I make sure I read it every morning. This is what the Lord said. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, 
so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. For no word from God will ever fail. If you believe it, shout amen. God's word came to Mary. God's word came to Zechariah. God's word came to Elizabeth. And it was a word that never failed. I don't know what you are going through this Christmas. I don't know how you are approaching Christmas. It may be with a heavy heart, with disappointment. You may be approaching this Christmas with frustration. You feel like turning away from God, turning your back on him. Jesus never walks is what you think. I want you to know that the God that we serve never fails. He's the unfailing God and his word will be fulfilled in our lives. If you believe it, say amen. And when we read Luke chapter 1, there is a lot that we learn about our response to our unfailing God whose word never fails. What must be our response? We know that God speaks. We know we have his word, the Bible. We have the scriptures. We know that his word has power and authority and it never fails. But what must be our response to a total charge? What must be our response to our unfailing God whose word never fails? Three things. Number one, our response to our unfailing God whose word never fails is we must trust God's word. We must trust his word. We must put our faith in God's word. We must put our hope in God's word. We must put our confidence in God's word. Why? Because his word is reliable. His word is dependable. His word has power and authority and his word never fails. In verse 18 to 20, we read it. The angel shows up to Zechariah at the temple as he's serving. He receives a prophetic word, a word that he's not only going to receive a son, but a specific word concerning the name of his son and the function that his son was going to play. He was going to be the one who comes to prepare a way for the Lord. The Bible says he would be filled with the Holy Spirit before he was even born. The word from God said, that he would function in the spirit of Elijah, preparing people for the coming of the Lord. It was a very specific call and an answer to prayer. But notice with me what his response was. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And friends, sometimes that's how life works out. We hear a word from God. We read from the Bible what God is saying. We hear God's word spoken to us. But because of what we are going through, we even begin to wonder, will this happen? 
It sounds too good to be true, Brian. You're standing there and you're quoting God's word, but do you know what I'm going through? Can I even trust that that disease can be healed? Will I trust that my situation will change? Are things going to work out? Can I really trust God's word? And that is what Zechariah was going through. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. It is a word from God. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at the appointed time. Sometimes we receive God's word, but because of the things going on in our lives, we don't want to put our confidence in God's word because we're afraid that God is going to fail us. You've tried over and over again. You've given it your best effort. You prayed. I'm sure Zachariah, as a priest together with his wife Elizabeth, had tried many times, but it hadn't happened. Now here's an angel saying it's going to happen. And he wondered, how is this going to happen? We go to verse 38. Mary receives a word from God through the angel Gabriel. She wondered, how is this going to happen? And the angel tells her about Elizabeth's story. He said she was known as the barren one. But right now, She's in the sixth month of her pregnancy. Because listen, friends, there is only things that God can do. There are things that no man can do. There are things that only God can sort out. God has the power over every situation. There are things that God will sort out in your life that no one else can sort out. Where you stand and say, I was blind, but now I see. What happened in between is not for me to know and understand. I just know that God stepped into the middle of my situation and he turned it around. And when he tells about that story, she puts her confidence in God's word. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me. May your word to me be fulfilled. I want that to be your attitude every day. When you get up on a Monday morning, Lord, may your word to me be fulfilled. On a Tuesday morning, Lord, may your word to me be fulfilled. On a Wednesday morning, Lord, may your word be fulfilled to me. Morning, afternoon, evening, night. Morning, afternoon, evening, night. This becomes the story of your life. You're a man and woman who have put their confidence in God's word. Why? Because you know his word never fails. Instead of putting our confidence in everything else, let us put our confidence in the word that never returns to him void. There is a promise for every situation you are going through in God's word. I want to declare over you that his word will heal your disease in Jesus' name. I want to declare over you that the works of your hands will be established in Jesus' name. You will remain in perfect peace because you have set your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. Your enemies will come at you in one direction. They'll flee from you in seven in Jesus' name. You will find victory in the battle because the battle does not belong to you. The one who is fighting for you is the God of heaven's armies. And because you have sold the kingdom of God with all your heart and pursued his righteousness, 
All the things you need will be added to you in Jesus' name. Trust in his word. Get in his word. Get his word into your soul. Hide his word in your heart. Because by building your life on his word, you will never fail. For Toto Church this Christmas, let's be reminded we serve the God that never fails. Trust him. Secondly, trust God's timing. We serve an unfailing God whose word never fails. It came to pass in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. We must trust his timing. Why? God has an appointed time to fulfill his word in your life in Jesus' name. Trust his timing. You see, church, God is never too early. God is never late. God is always right on time. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried. God who has written the story of your life knows the appointed time for his word to be fulfilled in your life. It will come to pass. We read it in verse 8 to 13. Once, and that word, word once is a good word. It just means on this day. And sometimes we never know when that moment and that day is going to come. Bible says once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lord. They cast the dice and it landed on him according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you to give him the name John. The angel shows up and says to him, your prayer has been heard. Now imagine how long he'd been praying. But there is an appointed time for God's word to be fulfilled in our lives. We simply trust God. His timing is best. He knows exactly what we need, but he knows exactly when to come through for us. And I know maybe you've been waiting, and waiting is not easy. There are so many options. Can I run this side? Can I run this side? I want to challenge you at all the church this Christmas. Let us trust in God's timing because his timing is what is best for you. God knows the time when your children will give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. God knows the time when your business will begin to become profitable. God knows the time when you restore that broken relationship. God knows the time when you'll be delivered from that thing that you're battling with. Simply remain faithful like Zechariah and Elizabeth. Stay serving before the Lord. Don't give up on the Lord. Hang on to his word. Take him at his word. And at the right time, your master will come through for you. He will. Don't give up. People may look at you and laugh at you and say, you're waiting on this God. When is it going to happen? And you just look at them and say, watch this space. My God will come through because I serve a God that never fails. That battle you've been fighting, the enemy is coming down in Jesus' name. 
He will bring him down. There is an appointed time for your victory. The tears you are crying, you will cry no more. He will wipe those tears away in Jesus' name. Don't be anxious about marriage. He'll bring you the right man. He'll bring you the right woman. Don't be anxious about a child. God at the right time will create a baby in that womb. He will open up wombs that have been stopped for many years. He will bring down doors that have been shut to you for many years. He never fails. Trust his timing. People may look at you and say you're far beyond the season where things happen. We don't live by the seasons of men. We live on God's timeline. And his timing is always perfect because he makes all things beautiful in his time. Finally, we trust his presence. <laughs> trust his word. Trust his presence. I love the fact that when God speaks a word, it doesn't dangle around to happen by chance. I think about the Holy Spirit hovering over planet earth in Genesis. He tells us the earth was formless. And God spoke. He said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. And Holy Spirit followed up that word. And he made what was spoken come to life. God's word is backed up by his presence. Holy Spirit is active, following up every word that has come from the mouth of God so that it will come to pass in our lives in Jesus' name. You see, it is personal to God. When he speaks it, he's committed to watch over it until it happens in Jesus' name. And when he speaks it, and you hold on to it, it may look like it's taking time. He hasn't left you on your own. He is right there working out things beyond what you can see. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Verse 35 of Luke chapter 1. After Mary wondered how God was going to make the impossible possible for her to be pregnant without sleeping with a man, the angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I want you to know that God is in the waiting. He's in the detail of your life. You may not see it, but he's moving. He is working out things. God hasn't left you. You received a promise from God. You've read God's word. You've been praying it. You've been believing it. I want you to know that God is still very present, working all things out. Amen. Mary wasn't on her own. Holy Spirit would come upon her. Not only would he, would we would he create supernaturally a child in her womb, he would remain with her and with Joseph. He spoke to them. When they came against the life of Jesus, King Herod, he directed them which way to go. Zachariah and Elizabeth had prayed many years. But even though it looked like nothing was happening, God was very present, watching every detail, and he came through. You are not on your own. God is with you. And his word will not fail in your life. 
Psalm 46 verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Do you need strength? Come to him. He's available. Do you need wisdom? Come to him. Are you anxious? Come to him. He is with you. But the church, this Christmas, we want to encourage you. We serve the unfailing God. And his word never fails. So trust his word. Trust his timing. And trust his presence. And watch out. His word will be fulfilled in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we want to thank you so much for your word. This Christmas, we're encouraged once again by this truth that you are the unfailing God. You never fail. And your word never, ever fails. It's a divine word, supernatural word, backed up with divine power from heaven to work in our lives, defining our destiny, sorting out our difficulties. We thank you. I pray that we will trust your word. That we will trust your timing. And that we will trust your presence with us. And your word will be fulfilled. With every head bowed and every eye closed. There is one thing that man could never do. One thing that man has failed to do. Man cannot save himself from sin. We cannot save ourselves. And that is why Jesus, who is the reason for this season of Christmas, came to earth. And he took on flesh. Became like us. So that he could live an obedient life and defeat the power of sin. And more than that, die on the cross for you and I so that we would be forgiven and so that we could have a relationship with God. And maybe you're in this place and you say, Brian, I want to have a relationship with God. I want to have a relationship with the unfailing God. Would you pray with me? Yes. I want to pray with you. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to make you a child of God so you can have a relationship with him. Wherever you are here in person, would you lift up your hand and say, Brian, I want to give my heart to the Lord. Would you lift up your hand right where you are? Lift up your hand right where you are. You say, Brian, that's me this Christmas. I need the Lord in my life. I want his word in my life. I want his power in my life. Thank you. God bless you. Jesus sees that hand. You're seated upstairs. You're seated downstairs. Thank you. Jesus sees that hand. You're seated in the overflow. Lift up your hand. Say, Brian, I need the Lord. May he forgive me. Wash me clean. Make me a child of God because I need him in my life. 
I want to know him. I want to trust him. I want to walk with him every day. Lift up your hand. You're joining us online. You say, Brian, I want to give my heart to the Lord. Would you raise your hand right now? Find an emoji of a hand. Raise it in the chat section and type, I give my heart to Jesus. He loves you. He will never push you away. You may feel like you're the worst of the worst. He loves you. He will forgive you. Just lift up your hand to him right now. He will give you a brand new life. Lift up your hand right where you are. Right where you are. Lift up your hand. Some of you are saying, Brian, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Recommit your life to him right now. You had lost your way. You had gone and you're doing your own thing. Come back to him. God will never fail you. He will forgive you. And give you a brand new life. Lift up your hand right where you are. Recommit your life to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus sees that hand. Thank you, Jesus sees that hand. Will you lift up your hand? Recommit your life to Jesus. Online, will you lift up your hand? Commit your life to Jesus. Recommit. Find an image of a hand. Type, I recommit my life. You're joining us on air. You're giving your life to Jesus for the first time. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. You're recommitting your life. Lift up your hand as well. Jesus is present in that room. Will you lift up your hand? You lift up your hand. And now you've lifted up your hand. I want you to pray this prayer after me. I mean it from the bottom of your heart. Jesus is going to save you. And church, let's all pray together and encourage those praying this prayer right now. Saying, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Jesus, you are the only savior. Today, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean in your precious blood. Give me a brand new heart. Jesus, I now receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day, I believe that I am born again, that I'm a child of God. I will live for you and I will follow you. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen and amen. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey.